So, um, hello, my name is Heidi. I have a new life in Christ, and I celebrate recovery from um, sensuality and idol worship through Christ, and I came to Regen for pride and control. Um, I grew up in Wyoming in the Powell area with a close-knit family. They still live nearby, thankfully, and I enjoy my relationships with them. Um, I came from a long line of people who live in constant motion, self-employed leaders in all the things and creative problem solvers, but also troublemakers and fire starters at times. We're just a passionate, all-in kind of people. Um, my family attended church when I was young. When I was in sixth grade, my parents were exhausted from serving in the church and they were also struggling with an inappropriate theology change. So after deciding to leave the church, we never went back. Although we still prayed at meals and celebrated Jesus on holidays, I didn't come to know Christ until later. God's plan for us involves sharing a relationship with him and others. In Matthew 22, 37 through 39, Jesus expresses the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Instead of developing relationships based on God's plan and love, I related to people through performance, sensuality, and control. Um, memories from my younger years definitely set the stage for my sin struggles. Um, my mom once snapped this picture of me as a five-year-old standing at the starting line of the 400-meter dash at my school's field day, and as the starting gun blared, blared, there I was just holding back the other two girls that were next to me. So if you fast forward about 10 minutes, I remember standing at the awards table holding a beautiful stack of blue ribbons with one hand and simultaneously sobbing over the one event that I lost, the stupid 400 meter dash. And not much changed for me until I accepted Christ. I had to strive to be first and set the curve and score the most points and be the champion. In fact, my husband still won't play Monopoly with me because I dented our board by chucking the dice at him so hard when we were first married. Um, so along with performance, I was a sensual person who touched everything, watched really bizarre and horrific films, and was fascinated with boys. I remember playing this stupid game on the playground where the boys chased and caught and kept the girls in the monkey bars, and the only ways to get out was to kiss a boy. Yuck. So thankfully, I was also a tenacious tomboy who could sneak out, but truth be told, I loved the boy chase and hated being caught. Until I met my husband in 2006, I relished ever-changing relationships with men. It was an obsession that fulfilled my desire to be loved and accepted. I started having sex as a young high schooler, which would eventually result in promiscuity and live-in boyfriends during my 20s. Along with performance and sensuality, I just loved being good, and it wasn't necessarily a good girl, although that was a facade I wore often. More like being perfect at all the things, whether they were productive or mischievous. I remember being able to express myself openly as a young girl, just being that authentic, quite expressful and sinful self. But at some point, I quit being myself in public. So now, whenever I see a kiddo kind of sprawled out on the floor, being authentic, like tired and hungry and wrung out, I think about my younger years. I often want to join them, just lay on the floor and enter into the mess and tell them that I see you and I hear you and it's okay to be wrung out. And did you know there's this man named Jesus and he knows about you too. And he knows what it's like to have the sin of this world wring the life from him. And he purposely shed his blood for you as a gift for this moment. 
And putting your hope in him and his perfect sacrifice will help you find strength to face these tired and hungry times. And I bet you will even find blessing, more blessings than you can ever imagine. So I didn't hear that as a kid. I heard the do's and don'ts and the rights and the wrongs, and they started to add up. And before I knew it, I was living two lives. I was performing in public and coping in confinement. I wasn't proud of my achievements. I didn't brag or look down on others or ask them to perform the way I did. I just kept raising the bar for myself, somehow linking my own desire to be perfect with what I perceived others desired for me. I indulged in self-pity, needing to be righteous and flawless in my own efforts. My private coping mechanism became food and an ideal body. I used food to feel control and have something that was just mine. Whether I was restricting, obsessing over a new diet, or engaging in full-blown eating disorders, I used food to deal with everything. It was my comfort, secret fortress, and reliable outlet. Well, it was, until it wasn't. Two short years after graduating high school, my eating disorder, disorder bulimia, took over everything, including, including college basketball. I was weak and unable to drain my coveted three-point shot. In fact, I couldn't even make the ball to the rim. Air balls and embarrassment followed. After a particularly difficult game, I shared my heart with a gal who had been taking me to church and loving on me despite my sinful patterns. She drove me home where I confessed my struggles to my parents and ended up at an inpatient treatment center. For the first time in my life, I was stripped of all the idols. In a way, I felt a huge sense of relief. Even though it would still be several years before I gave my life to Christ, the Lord was opening my eyes to his ways and blessings. My struggles were common. The Lord tells us in 1 Corinthians 10:13 that the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Treatment wasn't the way out for me, but God kept scattering seeds while I wandered around, looking for a new identity. Five colleges, six towns, and a whole load of mistakes later, I ended up back in Powell, where I met Nick, my husband, at a Halloween party at the bar. We often share the story with our three boys so they can see the redemption in our lives. My oldest son even reminded me that if I hadn't been walking in disobedience, I may not have ever met my husband and my three boys might not ever even have been alive. So God had and still has plans to redeem and deliver us from the wreckage of our lives and for us to share that redemptive story with others. Within a year, Nick and I had a new baby, new house, new marriage. I was invited to Mops when my oldest son was about one, where I heard and accepted the gospel. Soon both my husband and I were also walking with new life and hope found only in Christ. We started attending Grace Point in Powell 14 years ago, and Jesus started the slow process of sanctification, peeling back the layers of sin through his word, prayer, and fellowship. At first, women were really strange to me. I had spent so much of my life performing for people that I never took the time to get to know people. My friends would gather to relate to one another and share burdens and cry and laugh and rejoice and have complete meltdowns and also confess sin. What in the world? Why would I ever do that? <laughs> so answer to those questions became evident as I continued to read the Bible. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
And James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. So I share my story because people need to hear about Jesus and hear that despite the mess and wreckage and burnt bridges, that Jesus chose us before the foundation of the earth, that we are holy and blameless because of his redemptive blood, and that despite what culture might say, there is forgiveness for our trespasses, and God lavishes grace on us. Also, the greatest news is that God has a plan for all time, a plan for my husband, my boys, and me as we walk a road of recovery from sin together. Over the last year and a half, the Lord peeled back the roots of pride that were present in Nick and my marriage. For many years of our marriage, I was wrapped up in codependency. Codependency meant sacrificing my relationship with the Lord to try to manage somebody else's sin and falling deeper into sin myself. In 2018, I started getting biblical counseling and diving into the word relentlessly. I had taken on the role of savior and judge in our marriage and as a parent. Regent offered me the tools <clears throat> to reevaluate my relationship with Christ so I could serve my family with love and humility instead of lording over them with pride and a critical spirit. The Lord set my feet back on his purpose he has for me. Um, this psalm has always been ever so precious to me. Psalm 41 through 3, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God, and many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Honesty, honestly, there used to be parts of my story that I kept hidden, and boy, I think Satan would love for me to keep those things buried. But for me, by looking at the full nature of my depravity and the depravity of others, I'm able to see the full face of Jesus and his redemptive power. It's not about me, it's about him and his power to resurrect people from the grave through his sacrifice of great love. I am Heidi and I'm celebrating 14 years of new life in Christ, authentic friendships rooted in fellowship and confession and a renewed marriage and relationship with my boys. Thank you.